Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. One, it's a beautiful day, which is a reminder the sun always comes up on a new day, regardless of how the previous day ended. We're here talking sports for you at 412-928-9370. That's the hotline number. You can air your opinion there. You can also... Do it on the Edgar Snyder and Associates fan text line, 412-928-937. Edgar Snyder and Associates reminds you to text responsibly. Follow us on Twitter at 937thefan, driven by Jim Shorky Kia, Pittsburgh's number one Kia dealer. Shop all three locations at shorkykia.com. And our show is brought to you by the good people of Allegheny Health Network, health for all. PNC Bank, make today the day. Number one Cochrane, go one better. Shenderovich, Shenderovich and Fishman. And IrelandContracting.com. Well, it is the worst Penguin loss in playoff history for them. There's no doubt about it, for a lot of different reasons. And we're here to take those reasons, and I'm sure you have plenty of them. But before we do anything else, and before everyone trades everybody, fires everybody, which seems to be the way things go in these situations, I think you have to look at what this group of people have accomplished over the last 15 years. 14 years, actually. Uh, three Stanley Cups, 14 straight playoff appearances. Now, it's not been so good lately. The same can be said about the Steelers in their postseason of recent vintage. I understand all of that, but I think it's important to keep perspective there. Now, the question is, is the window totally closed, almost closed, halfway closed, or do you think it's still open in some ways? It's an aging hockey team. There's no question. That doesn't mean they're old. That means they're aging. And their star players did not play the way they were supposed to. Did not deliver the goods the way they were supposed to. If you remember, right before the four-month lockdown because of coronavirus, they were 3-8 and eight in their last 11. Then you get the layoff, and then you come back. And the most frustrating thing, in my view here, is that the Pittsburgh Penguins were at their healthiest. Gensel back. Everyone had four months. A team that was a veteran team that may have needed some rest came in healthy. Patrick Hornquist was healthy. Didn't have a banged-up body heading into the postseason. It didn't matter. Yesterday was a game that I couldn't believe I was watching. And if you were to introduce someone to a hockey game and had them watch that game, they may never watch another hockey game. It was a complete boxing match like you would get in the first couple of rounds, feeling out process. The Penguins are not a team that's supposed to sit back and wait for the 24th seeded team to make mistakes. And that's the feel I got from watching that game. 
as if they were the ones who were the 24th seed. Nobody willed their way to a goal, to a win, to anything. Their star players were absent. And that is frustrating. And it's certainly disappointing when you look at what they had to offer. We all got kind of, uh, you know, watching all their training camp on video, hearing the reports. You got us sucked into the belief that this was a team that was going to put it all together at the right time. Healthy, they take advantage of Montreal, they use that playing time to get ready for the first round series, whoever it may be against. Uh, and, and it just it wasn't there. There are a lot of things you can look at. We'll start with the coaching, because Mike Sullivan, who I admire, I think has done a heck of a job here, was at his very worst as a head coach. He got outcoached by Claude Julien. I don't think you can look at that any other way. If there were adjustments, there weren't enough of them. If there were adjustments, I didn't see the results of them. For some reason, the, pair, uh, the defensive pair of Jack Johnson and Justin Schultz stay together far too long. Now, yesterday, Jack Johnson played better. I don't think there's any question about that. But still, Schultz was on the ice for that last and only goal that mattered, the one nothing goal, after a blatant turnover by Brandon Tanev, who, you know, mistakes are happening. But, man, that, that guy plays hard. It just was a terrible mistake at a terrible time. And then the puck comes out. You can't blame Tristan Jari for that. But this is what happened when you don't score. And the Penguins had plenty of chances. They didn't create enough, but they had chances if they could have put the puck in the net. And again, their star players didn't do it. It's inexcusable to me to see Jack Johnson have more minutes than John Marino in the first period of that game. That should not happen. There was a time when they mixed some of these pairings up, and they chose not to do that. And in an elimination game, your star players get less than 20 minutes. That's... Also not good. That's where you got to press it with them. As good as we all thought Evgeny Malkin was at the training camp and the scrimmages and what have you, uh, the bottom line was he was not there in this series. He had a lot of shots on goal, but he's paid to put the puck in the net. And he didn't do that. Nobody did that, quite frankly. They went the final after that goal by, who was it, the third goal the other day in game three. Teddy Bluger's goal. They went the rest of the way with no goals. That's, what, 100 minutes? Whatever it was, my math is not very good. It's a long time without any goals. And realize, Carey Price is good. He was not as good as he's been in his heyday. He's still a good goaltender. He's still a guy capable of doing what he did. But the way you get to him is put more pressure, more pucks to the net, more traffic to the net. And they didn't do that, especially yesterday, when they absolutely had to. That was the thing that really was frustrating to watch. It's a better team, and they played as if they were not the better team. One thing we know for sure, they're not nearly as fast as Montreal. In fact, their speed game has left them, which if you're looking ahead now, they're going to have to make some tough decisions. And no, Mike Sullivan won't be one of them. But Jim Rutherford has to figure out which of his young players can step right in and play next year. Young players with speed. <clears throat> and they also have Contracts that need to be dealt with. Hornquist is making a lot of money. Jack Johnson's three years left. <coughs> Excuse me, on a on a deal. So the bottom line is, what do they do? They can buy Jack Johnson out. Excuse me, one second. <coughs> this is what happens when you eat something right before you go on the air, and it gets kind of stuck in your throat. Anyway, sorry about that. They have decisions to make. Can they trade? A lot of these guys, the big ticket players, they have 
uh, no trade clauses attached to their uh, contracts. I don't know how easy or tough it will be to trade him. A question I'll ask you is Matt Murray, has he played his last game? And what would have happened if Tristan Jari came in at the start of the series, if he was the goaltender of choice, or after game one, which is, or game, yeah, game one. I, that's what I went on the air last week with uh, Cook and Joe, and I said I'd make the change right now. And, and it may have prevented a game three loss, for all I know. There are a lot of things. This is what happens when they lose. You go through this process. You have people who are going to second-guess it. That's what we do. What would you do next for the Pittsburgh Penguins? How would you make them more competitive? And how open or, or shut is that window? Let's go to Gus, who joins us in Beaver County. Hello, Gus. How are you? Still a great day for hockey, Bob. But I wanted to tell you, last week we had a misconnection on the phone line. I was very concerned about this Montreal series, mostly because of all the total optimism we had in the city of Pittsburgh about this hockey team, and no one gave Montreal a chance. I look back, going back to 2010 and going up against Claude Julian when he was at Montreal, when he was with Boston, he always seemed to figure out a way to uh, take the Penguins off their game. Then, you know, you look at Kerry Price and you look at this useful Montreal team that had nothing to lose at all. And then you look at this crazy hockey thing we're going through, being off for four and a half months. We are a veteran team, wondering how we were going to show up. I mean, there were so many questions, but I'm very disappointed, Bob, and I really don't know which way to go with this thing, but I'm just very disappointed. Well, I like you. I don't know if you did, but I did, Gus. I over uh, analyzed this in the sense I thought the Penguins were going to beat this team rather easily. And I did it with the thought that, number one, they were as healthy as they've been. Gensel's back. They're rejuvenated. They get another opportunity at this. This is a run that they could add on to their collection of uh, potential championships. But I also saw Montreal and their management, Mark Bergevin and people, they got rid of people at the deadline. They were not, they knew what they were. They're not going to be in the playoffs. And to me, they didn't have the desire, I thought. Based on early reports I saw in Montreal, a lot of those guys didn't want to show up, Gus. A lot of those guys didn't want to go through it. Maybe people in Montreal were looking at a chance to get Alexis Lafreniere. Uh, whatever the case, I, it just looked like a total mismatch. What I didn't ever count on was the Penguins playing as conservatively as they played. That, that's not Penguin hockey. That's not the way you're supposed to play if you're them. If you want to play that way, you've got to get up in their face, press the attack. Especially yesterday, they seemed to be so tentative, so cautious. That goes against everything that uh, I thought Mike Sullivan's teams would do in a playoff series against a lesser opponent. But this is why betting is not a good idea. If you think you can, uh, you chances are you're not going to be successful. It is tough to figure stuff out. I mean, you look at the other conference, you see the 12th-seeded Chicago Blackhawks do the same to the 5th-seeded Edmonton Oilers in Edmonton. Uh, you can argue who's better. The, the Blackhawks have some veteran guys, no, no question about that. And, and they played very well. Corey Crawford played very well. So both teams that were seeded 5 get eliminated by the 12th seed. That's almost like the NCAA tournament. Uh, that seeding is always looked at as a difficult one for the 5 seed, and it was in this case. So the Penguins now have a lot of things to think about. Matt Murray, has he played his last game as a Penguin? 
We're also going to talk about some of their star players and who should be back. How likely is it to move some of them? Can they? No trade clauses make it very difficult. How many young players are ready to move into this uh, lineup? Samuel Poulin. Um, Olivier Joseph is the guy they acquired in the Kessel deal, uh, the blue line. I've got to believe he's going to play here next year. What do they do with Jack Johnson? I'd buy him out if I can't trade him, and I don't know that I could trade him. There are a lot of questions on the board. You call us at 412-928-9370, and let me know what you think, because we have a lot of this to talk about. Also, we're going to get into the Pirates, who looked like a football team last night. They played a 17-13 game over at PNC Park. The problems continue there. The bullpen imploded again. And yes, some people are optimistic. Uh, I don't know why you could be optimistic because this kind of stuff uh, is part of a three and eight or three and uh, eleven start, worst record in all of baseball. So plenty to talk about it. Four one two nine two eight ninety three seventy. Give us a shout. We're back, and we have some breaking potential news coming at you right here live on the Bob Pompiani Show, Sports Radio ninety three seven, The Fan. Adam Silverberg, CBS Sports is reporting that the MAC Football Conference is likely to become the first FBF conference to postpone their 2020 season until who knows when. But Pitt's supposed to open up, I think, with Miami of Ohio. And if that's the case, that game is in jeopardy. 412-928-9370 is the number to call. Our show is sponsored by the good people of Allegheny Health Network, Health for All. PNC Bank, make today the day. Driven in style by number one Cochran, go one better. Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman, they've got your back, not your wallet. Ireland Contracting, title sponsor of the Ireland Contracting Nightly Sports Call, Pittsburgh CW, every night of the week at 1035 on TV. Join us there for that. Got a lot of tweets coming in here. This is B. Don Mack, who says, uh, worst ever for this era for the Penguins, 2013 versus Boston, Eastern Conference Finals, 2012 versus Philly, Eastern Conference Quarterfinals. Finals. And then this one, only because it's unprecedented with a four-month work stoppage. Uh, it would be much worse if other teams didn't pull off upsets, but Chicago, uh, Arizona also did the same. But the bottom line is, you know, you could look at Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals. It was the Eastern Conference Finals. So, therefore, uh, you know, at that point they had gone a long way. Philadelphia was just one of those series that got out of control. Dan Bilesman and his team were undisciplined, taking ridiculous penalties. That was that set a record, I think, for more, most goals, most power plays, most everything. It was an ugly, ugly series. But the reason to me this is worse, and I understand the interruption of the season. I understand all of it. But they were at their healthiest against a team that was not willing to even compete for a playoff spot at the end. They traded people at the deadline. That makes this the worst to me. Bill says on Twitter at KD Pump, do not let Latang off the hook. Numerous turnovers. And how many times do we see him making that crazy pass up the middle even yesterday, Tristan Jari had lost his stick, and he needed some time, and Latang did that. Uh, that's the good and the bad with Latang. But again, he has a no-trade clause, I believe, and that's the problem with no-trade clauses. Somehow they got introduced to sports, and they make it very difficult on general managers. Matt Murray and Tristan Jari. I think it's probably decided at some point one of them is going to go, and at some point it will be Matt Murray. The question is... How, when, what grade? You know, you certainly have the uh, situation with uh, Seattle coming into the league and another expansion draft. So there are so many questions. Let's go to the phone lines at 412-928-9370. We have Jim and Baldwin who likes to talk some penguins and maybe some complaints here. Jim, go ahead. What's on your mind? Hey, what a difference a week makes, huh, Bob? Oh, 
I totally had this misgaged. I, I really thought this was not going to be... I thought Montreal was in no way capable of dictating terms, and they dictated terms. Well, I think what I'd like to discuss is the elephant in the room. And uh, I don't know, maybe you folks hear stuff and talk to the players. You know, there's, there's a lot of discussion out there with different people. But 2018 in the playoffs, Washington beat them 4-2 in the second round. Last year, swept by the Islanders. This year, losing to a, an unbelievable loss to the Canadians. Now, Rick Tockett became the coach of the Phoenix Coyotes in July of 2017, and um, Mark Recchi's introduced as the assistant coach. So the first year of his uh, assistant coaching regime, they got to the second round. The next two years, though, well, you've seen the results. I'm here to tell you, and I'm here to say, and it's my opinion, that Mark Recchi is part of the problem here. Rick Tockett, I believe, had the respect of the players. He also had the respect of uh, Coach Sullivan. Mark Recchi, unbelievable player, Hall of Famer. Hey, Wayne Gretzky was an unbelievable player and a Hall of Famer, but he couldn't coach his way out of a plastic bag. So I believe that Coach Sullivan might need to take a real hard look at his assistant coach. What do you think? Uh, first of all, I'm happy to talk it. Uh, I disagree 100% with that, only because to me, uh, if Mark Grickey were the head coach, I might say that he's not into a situation where, from what I can tell, the players respect what he's been able to do and whatever messages, but Mike Sullivan oversees all messages anyway. Uh, I don't think you can look at this and, and put it on an assistant coach. I choose to put it on the head coach. I choose to put it on the star players. Those are the players that have to deliver in these kinds of situations. Those are the players who have made the Penguins one of the best franchises in the NHL. Uh, it may could be the, the window's closing because of age. They are getting older. That doesn't mean they're old, but they are getting older. So at some point there has to be a situation where you evaluate every single player on this roster and now figure out how you're going to go forward. And if you're of the belief that the window is totally closed, which I'm not, I still think they can you know, change things around and still get results. But I do believe that they're going to have to make some serious changes and really introduce some more speed. The one thing they won in 2016 especially, 2017, yes, I would agree, but 2016, it was the fastest team. They offset everything physically you could do against them because they were so fast. We saw Montreal do that. We saw a lot of teams. Columbus is young and getting faster. There's no faster team, in my opinion, than the Carolina Hurricanes. The Penguins were the ones who set that you know, model up. And they won because of it. Now age has prevented them from being maybe as fast as they once were, and they have to get beyond that and try to reintroduce speed. They also were not very physical in this series. And, I, Jim, that's one thing that bothered me. They were out hit. They didn't seem to be engaged at all that way. And I think in a playoff series you have to be. But thank you. I appreciate the call. We're going to move on. We have another call, or do we? Mm, yes, we do. We have Charles in Chicago. What's up, Charles? How are you? Good, Bob. Isn't it funny how we were talking about a couple months ago about the NHL playoffs and uh, the concept of this expansion playoffs 
And, you know, me being from Chicago, I mean, just watching the pattern. Of course, you got the Hawks, you know, excited. And I know it kind of raised some eyebrows how they extended a lot. But, man, oh, man, it just goes to show you how upsets could happen. But uh, I wanted to ask you real quick, uh, first and foremost, uh, where, uh, before I get into the Penguins' playoff loss, where would you rank this all-time as far as, like, Pittsburgh playoff, like, worst exit? Because to me, I think this one takes the cake for the time being. I put this number one. I'd have to say number two would probably be when the Steelers lost Tim Tebow and the Broncos in the wild card round 2011 when uh, Ben got hurt late in the year and then you lost with Sharp Mendenhall. It was not the same quarterback and the team that was playing – playing with fire with the defense. Then I have to say the Pittsburgh Pirates back-to-back wild-card round exit since being a wild-card round for the first time ever in franchise history since returning to playoffs after so long. And probably the 1982 Steelers lost to the Chargers. I think, I guess what I'm talking about, those kind of exits, those are more like early exits. Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends on your your willingness uh, to tolerate pain, I suppose, because <laughs> Charles, to me, based on how this was, dis- you know, this was a this uh, a, a big gap in talent here, to me anyway. The Penguins had a lot of talent. I think Montreal has young players who are trying to earn their way, and to me, the talent is supposed to win here because it normally does. Montreal. Given what they were at the deadline, given where they were seated, given the fact they weren't even in the playoffs, I think most people came to the conclusion. But I give a lot of credit to Claude Julien and what he was able to do. And we have cited before he has this history against the Penguins of figuring out how to frustrate them, and he certainly did in this game. But to me, the uh, Atlanta Braves game in the bottom of the ninth, that was probably the most heart-wrenching thing if you're a fan of the Pirates. Because they were set up to go to the World Series, and all I had to do is get three outs, and they imploded themselves in that inning. So, I mean, there are a lot of ways you look at it, but it's, in Penguin history, to me, this is the worst uh, that they've had to endure. Uh, but again, there were there were a lot of reasons that I guess looking back contributing to this. We didn't see them as they were having, at least I didn't. Um, but yeah. again, this is why I don't. I used to bet. I don't bet anymore, and the reason is you can't figure some of this stuff out, uh, especially with a pandemic situation going on. But. Um, Charles, thanks. I always appreciate the call and look forward to talking to you in the future. Let's go out at the line one now. We have Greg and Robinson. Hello, Greg. How are you? Good morning, Bob. Hey, I, I love the show. I love the uh, the setting that you do it from, although I was driving around this morning. I thought I had a bird in the back of the car. Well, that's good. It's tranquil. You know, it gives you a little therapeutic <laughs> response to the weekend. Hey, that news that came out as far as the MAC conference potentially canceling do you think that might open the door for a Pitt and West Virginia football game that weekend? Uh, I know there was some talk that Pitt had contractual obligations they couldn't get out of, but now that they can get out of that, I'm not sure who West Virginia's non-conference game is, but uh, that would be an interesting little matchup to go into that, to plug into that September 12th hole. Well, if, if you've listened to me, I am completely in favor of local rivalries. I want to see them. Uh, the problem here is that West Virginia probably has a contractual obligation to anyone they're supposed to be playing at that point. However, um, I wish these athletic directors and presidents would get together for the good of local rivalries and make them all play. Somehow, just encourage it. It takes two to tango. 
Uh, they look so far ahead, but no one's willing to really schedule these kinds of games anymore, and it's the same. I think people who are college football fans locally miss out on that. But, no, it's not going to happen this year. I think that the big question is, are we going to see any football in college this year at all? Um, I'm, I would love to see it. I, I still think there's a way to do it and to be, uh, you know, I've said all along with this pandemic, Greg, I think you have to do both. You've you got to take it seriously, but you also have to continue with, with uh, you know, life. Otherwise, you're going to even contribute more problems to it all. Uh, you have to be responsible. If people aren't willing to be responsible, then they can't make things happen. But if you can, you can do both if everyone's on board, and that seems to be the problem. Yeah, and it is so hard, guys like yourself, and, and I am of the same opinion that you have to try to continue to live your life. But, but if you take that stance too far, everybody gets mad at you because you're not being correct about, you know, protecting others. And, and that's not what I don't, I don't think you're saying that, and I'm certainly not saying that you don't try to live carefully, but you also do have to try to, to get these things underway. That's why I'm hoping that the PIAA kind of tries to figure out a way to, to have the high school sports despite what Governor Wolf has recommended. Yeah. Well, the thing I didn't like about the Wolf press conference was he didn't bring that up as a reason to have a press conference. If he was that adamant, he should have made that a separate press conference. He, he threw it out at the very end as a recommendation. And you knew the PIAA, once they heard that, was going to say, oh, well, we better make sure we do what he recommends. Well, now they're not so sure. They want, they want to make sure... Because this is a tough issue. I understand both sides of it. And like I said, I've always maintained, if anything is going to get done, politically especially, it has to be a compromise situation. Both sides have to willingly work with the other. This is the problem in today's life, basically. No one's willing to listen and work with. You have to. And I think in this case, it's good for people to get together. Hopefully they'll come up with something that works for them. Uh, but if Governor Wolf really wanted to make this a big issue, he should have led his press conference with it. We're due for a break, Greg. Thank you. 412-928-9370 is the number to call. We have much more coming up. This is the Bob Pompiani Show on a beautiful Saturday here. Sports Radio 93.7, The Fan. Welcome back, everyone. It's a beautiful day. Man, we've had a great summer of weather. Unfortunately, it's been interrupted with the COVID-19 situation, but hopefully you've had a chance to get out and do some nice things out there. 412-928-9370, that is the number to call. Thank you once again to our sponsors of this program, Allegheny Health Network, also PNC Bank, Number One Cochrane, Shenderovich, Shenderovich and Fishman, and Ireland Contracting, IrelandContracting.com. And I want to give you a little program reminder. Tonight we have the second of our four Steeler Training Camp 2020 specials, 1135 KDKA TV. So I'll be joined by Rich Walsh, Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and Missy Matthews of Steelers.com will take you inside what's going on over there at Heinz Field. And so far, the answer is not all that much, although it's intriguing, you know, to see some of the stuff that they have to do uh, to comply with the rules and the protocols going with the NFL. Uh, but they're ramping up right now to what they hope is some padded practices and some scrimmage and things like that. So uh, that's tonight, 11.35 on KDKA-TV. In the meantime, we're talking about the Penguins, their collapse against Montreal. Where does it rank? Also, changes you might make. I don't want to excuse the Pirates here. We do have a lot to talk about with them. It's not very good, except there were some good performances uh, yesterday in that game, and it's encouraging to see Eric Gonzalez start to swing the bat the way I think they thought last year when they acquired him before he got injured and missed the season. And Chad Cool coming off of uh, Tommy John surgery uh, looked really good, and that's good to see. 
928-9370 is the number. We have a uh, caller in West Virginia, I believe. Oh, I'm sorry, it is Westview. I thought it said West Virginia. And it's Harry on line three. Hello, Harry. How are you? Uh, good. Almost the same thing. Uh, hey, uh, Bob, <laughs> I, I was thinking, uh, you know, Malkin, I, I actually did some research for your show. Malkin really, like, dominates in penalty minutes, and a lot of his penalties are reaching penalties, like where he's not in the proper position, and frustration penalties. Um, and the other thing I was going to mention is, I just wondered if, that, like, you keep mentioning discipline, team discipline, and, and teamwork. I think it's where they're lacking. Um, I watched Carolina. There was times where Carolina had five guys around the puck, and uh, it seems like I, we're spread out all over the joint, you know? And I, I just, I th I'm just wondering if the, dis if the message is wearing thin for Mike Sullivan, because they do co change coaches a lot in the NHL. Yeah, but I don't think that's the case here. I, I just think, <clears throat> if anything, his adjustments were not what they should have been. I think he was unwilling to make adjustments when maybe the time called for them to be made, specifically to his defense pairings, uh, specifically to his goaltending. Uh, I think if you look at it, looking back, and that's the easiest way to look at things, unfortunately, sometimes in sports, but he can't afford that. He has to make what he thinks is the best decision. But his reliance on Matt Murray, especially in Game 2, led to a Game 3 loss that maybe should not have happened. I think if he had switched goaltenders after Game 1 or if he started versus Jari, you might have had a different situation. I called for after Game 1 for Jari being goal. I don't know what that would have done, but I think he has proven that he was the better goaltender over the course of the season. Uh, and you can choose one of two ways. Matt Murray has had a lot of success in the postseason. I know that. I applaud that. Uh, and I think Mike Sullivan thought that in those kind of games, he turns out to be his best goalie. And he, he played well in game two. Game two, there was a light workload. Yes, he had to make some critical saves at critical times, but I think Jari was capable of that also. Game three, there were some goals that shouldn't have happened. And because he won game two, he was in game three. If the goalie situation was different, I don't know if they would have won the series, but I think they would have been playing today in game five, at least. So they're going to have to think long and hard about what to do. they got too many players who you know, have done the same things in terms of turnovers and critical times. And what bothered me more than anything, I, you, you could break down anything you want to break down, Harry. The most important thing, Lack of apparent urgency in this situation. And, and yesterday's games was special for me. All right, sorry for that interruption. Sometimes on these remote situations, and thank you, Matt Harkins, um, I don't know what happens to these feeds, but they get interrupted, and unfortunately I was there. But what I was saying about the Penguins is that they acted as if they were the 24th seeded team. They acted as if they were waiting for the better team to make a mistake. That's not the way they play. Um, you know, they went through how many shots on goal in the first couple of periods of that game yesterday. It shouldn't have been like that. I wanted to see a little urgency, a little desperation. They were the team that needed to win that game, and yet you saw a different approach. That's something that was really hard to factor for me. I did not think that was going to happen. And so, as a result, they lost the series. Not many people thought that was going to happen. Um, you can say, I guess, if you're the Edmonton Oilers, although Edmonton doesn't have the same amount of playoff history the Penguins had. I relied on that in my analysis of this, and maybe that was much uh, relying on that analysis. I thought for sure that because they've gone through these experiences that Montreal has not, Montreal has a lot of young guys who've never been exposed to this, uh, that they would be the team that wouldn't be able to deal with the Penguins and the Penguins attack. And we didn't see that at all, especially yesterday. 
And quite frankly, the killer was losing a 3-1 lead in Game 3. That was it. They had a chance to go up 4-1 if Gensel scores. He had a great opportunity, could not do it. Uh, and as a result, they came back, got the next three. Penguins never scored again. Uh, and that's unacceptable. This power play, again, aside from a couple of goals in game number three that happened really quickly, that was it. We got no consistency with that uh, power play. It was supposed to be an advantage for this team. Again, healthy, everyone back. That's why it was so hard to look at this and come to any other conclusion that Pittsburgh would win this series. Uh, and that's what I relied on. Well, I was wrong. Uh, there's a lot that goes into it, and if you're uh, unengaged, which at times they look like they were, you're going to lose these kinds of series. 412-928-9370 is the number to call. Now it's time to take a look at the weather forecast before we go to break. And remember, we're taking more calls all the way to 1 o'clock, so call 412-928-9370 is the number. So let's talk about the weather. And it is brought to you by Sun Chevrolet in McMurray. Today we have fog early, but that's already burned off. Otherwise, it's going to be a beautiful day with a high of 84. Tonight, mainly clear, low of 61. And then it's going to heat up over the next couple of days, culminating with a high in the low 90s on Monday. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.